everybody. Welcome back to Truth Prevails. I'm Amanda. I'm Anastasia. Good to have you guys back. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hesitated there for a moment. <laughs> no, I mean, it. it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, we feel so unprepared. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay, though, Mm -hmm. because the one thing that we can always trust is that God gives us grace. Mm -hmm. So the topic for today is grace. (laughs) Grace. How necessary it is. How necessary it is. You're so right on that. Because I think grace is so powerful. It was the turning point of the the trial that I was, that I've been in for a long time. Was it? Yeah. Um, Because... I mean, I feel like I talk about this, like, a lot, (laughs) but it's relevant because I'm in it a lot, but, (laughs) um, uh, you know, I might have already touched on this, so hopefully it doesn't become too redundant, but uh, at the the start of this trial, because a lot of this trial, I believe, is just really focused on uprooting that root of unbelief, fear of foolishness, pride and lack of patience and lack of trust. I feel like it's really just targeting all of that and really reinforcing the depth of God's love, grace, power, wisdom. And and so um, there was just a lot of times where it was me staring out into the darkness of my bedroom being like, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to deliver me. I feel like the skeptic in me is getting louder and louder and my heart feels like it's growing more distant. Don't allow for this. And then over time, it was remembering scriptures, how, you know, they people of the Bible would praise God despite the season that they were in. Like, you know, why, my soul, are you so downcast, yet I will praise the Lord, or something along that line, and so then it started to become, all right, even though I'm feeling despairing and all this, speaking out loud, but this is going to glorify you somehow, and that would bring me actual joy, and yet I was still struggling and walking in that kind of despair and gloom, and until after like for maybe a couple nights of just saying, this is going to glorify you somehow, Lord. The following day, I all of a sudden was like, I want to write scripture on my board. I want to erase my to-do list and everything. And like, I have this whiteboard and I just want to write scripture on it. And it was weird because it was just so out of nowhere. And Mm -hmm. then out of nowhere, which had been so different from my character during the start of this trial was, I'm going to pray what I should write. Which was funny because my heart was hardening in a sense. I was feeling 
burdened to pray, like pray, like, I don't know what to say and da, da, da. But then it was like, all right, this is going to glorify you to all of a sudden, I want to write scripture to all of a sudden, I should pray about what scripture, which at the time was such, and still kind of is, was like a risky, scary prayer, because it left me the vulnerability of getting nothing is what was my fear. I would ask, give me scripture, and I would fear, what if he's silent? But for some reason, without a thought, without doubt, without question, let me pray for what scripture I need. And all of a sudden, my grace is sufficient came, and I pulled up the scripture, and I started reading through it, and it just really struck me how Paul was saying he has that thorn in his flesh and how he pleaded three times for it to be removed. And for me, that's what I had been doing in this trial. Lord, please deliver me. I don't know what to do. Only you know what to do. I'm like, how is there even a way out? You know what? It's going to glorify you. And so it just felt like I had been pleading. Deliver me already. Deliver me already. I don't want to be in this anymore. And then what was the response? My grace is sufficient for you. For my, what, power is made perfect in weaknesses? Yeah. Am I getting that right? And when I read that, it felt so bold and stern and yet comforting. Like, please, please, please. And then just boom, my grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. Mm. And it was just like, oh my goodness and then suddenly it was like a tinge of hope was restored because of that scripture and so it was like he's sufficient he's gonna get me through even though I am weak he is strong and then from there it it eventually became me writing scripture on index cards and putting it around my room and reading those and you know scriptures such as like though my heart and my flesh may fail you are the the strength of my heart and power or something I'm like butchering it but it's okay because right now the focus is on grace but like it was just that felt like it was a turning point in the trial because and it was just so bizarre because it hadn't even felt like it was in my strength it wasn't like even though you know you could argue yeah you decided you were gonna put scripture up you decided you're gonna pray pray but it was just so bizarre because it was completely the opposite behavior that I had been displaying. I had been av purposefully avoiding prayers, asking for something that could be provided at that moment because I was too scared to be left hanging, if you would. And yet out of nowhere, it was like I was drawn to it and then I was pulled into it. And it was just no doubt, just this, Lord, provide the scripture. And he did right away. And when I read it, it was powerful. And it was like my heart had been softened more at that moment. And it just pierced and brought light and comfort and assurance and this power that it held because it just felt, felt like such a stern delivery. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, when I think of grace, I think of that scripture and that turning point. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always recall like when you would say that 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 was just an anchor of a scripture for you. Mm -hmm. um, when I think about grace, I always think about how it's spoken of as unmerited favor. Because we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. 
so we all need grace. Um, I think of just the reality of we're saved by grace through faith so that we're not able to boast of ourselves. Grace is something that God gives us that we have no ability of earning, no ability of of demanding it, of obtaining it, or anything. It's something he specifically gives to us. But the one thing that just keeps coming to mind is just the fact that we abuse grace. I guess as you're laughing right now in your head, Nastasia. <laughs> I just I think of that scripture where it says should we continue to sin so that grace may abound by no means no (laughs) no (laughs) and when we think of the depth of what grace is. And we think of the fact that we can take it for granted or we think that we can earn it or we think that we can abuse of it. And we basically put like grace over everything. So in other words, it's okay to continue doing things and saying things we shouldn't be doing or saying. Doesn't that hurt our hearts? Doesn't that break our hearts? Isn't that abusing of God's grace? Which we are told not to do. Don't abuse the free gift you've been given. Yeah. And I think of that so often because I know I'm guilty of it. I know you would say that you're guilty of it. And we see it. But yet what moves us to not abuse of that? It is such a beautiful gift that we do not even deserve. But he just gives it to us. So why continue on in doing things and saying things with the thought of, oh, well, God's grace covers me. So how can we stop abusing grace? How can we, I don't know, I think about this often Mm -hmm. because I think that there's a difference when there's like that willfulness, when you know 
you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And yet you can justify it by saying, well, grace, God's grace will cover it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where it's just like, whoa, stuff is happening. Things are going on. And thankfully God's grace covers it. You know, it's like, you really don't even, you don't even have a thought to it. You don't even, it's not even something that's even coming to your mind. Like, Hey, I know that, um, you know, I'm willfully doing this and, but it's okay. Cause God's grace will cover it. Mm. Um, I just think on, is there an aspect there that we don't fear God? Mm-hmm. Or that we take him for granted or that he's just our he's just there to call to beckon him you know just whenever we need him he pretty much just sits there until we need him mm-hmm. like, hey hey god like I, I need your grace right now you know mm-hmm. this like, I'm about to give in to temptation, so I need your grace right now. Right. Yeah. And yet, it makes, scripture makes it clear that he's given us all we need to flee from temptation. Exactly. <laughs> to resist temptation. Yeah. And he provides that escape. And so, do you choose to take it, or do you choose to abuse the free gift of grace? And lean on that. Um, I think what I think of too is like repentance. Is there a sincere repentance when you ask for forgiveness or is it kind of like, I know I'm going to keep doing this, but I just want to make sure we're we're cool. So can you forgive me now, even though I know deep down, I don't really intend to stop, you know? (laughs) And I I think um, that's something that it's like, I want to be careful with myself because I feel like sometimes I just say like a general prayer of like asking for general forgiveness and I I always want to try and look into myself and see like where is my heart actually though am I saying this because it's like some habit it's or is there actually a concern there and I think of some scripture like how I think it was like maybe a psalm or something where there was basically a a verse that was saying to keep me from even like my unwillful sin or like the sin that he like might do without realizing. And, and so it's like, I kind of try to like think on that and like knowing my heart is deceitfully wicked too. It's like, okay, well, so then bring to mind what it is I need to ask forgiveness so I can actually repent of it and enable me to not, walk in it I don't know it's like I guess it's like is there a sincere is there an earnest desire to depart from sin because yes it is true that we may stumble but are you kind of just giving into that and like I'm I can't I'm just gonna live in it then or whatever like I don't know. It, what, what I often think of as well when it comes to grace is that 
because of God's grace, we have been given the capacity, the ability to choose right from wrong. And just like you mentioned, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where no temptation has overtaken us that is common to man. Um, God coming down in Jesus' form experienced every temptation possible that we go through. But yet, because he put the Holy Spirit in us, if we truly have received Jesus as our Savior or believe Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit resides within us and gives us the ability to choose right from wrong. So as you mentioned, that whole willful disobedience, the whole willful sinning, it's just kind of, you know, asking like, hey, I need your grace because I'm going to go ahead and do this. It's, it's almost as though, I don't know, are you, are you rejecting him? Are you denying Jesus? Are you refusing him? Are you simply saying, forget you, Lord, forget your grace? Are you following half-heartedly? Are you lukewarm? As I've heard that terminology so many times, like, yeah, it's how, where, I guess in a sense, is where is the discrepancy? Where is the misunderstanding? I seem to have noticed that when I don't stay in the word, when I'm not reading my Bible, when I'm not consistent in seeking him and knowing what he would have me to do and basically just being a hearer of the word and not a doer, you know, when I'm in those moments, because I'm pretty sure we all go through moments where it's just like, I don't feel like it, it's, you know, but, or we end to turn or we turn it around and we say, Oh, I don't want to be religious and having to read my Bible all the time or, you know, we misconstrue it in our heads thinking, oh, if I read the Bible at this time, this amount of time, I'm becoming, it's becoming traditional and so forth. No, no, it's not. We're commanded to keep his commandments, right? We're told to do so. We're told to seek after him, draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. His word by the power of the Holy Spirit is what transforms us inside. So if we are not consistently in his word is when our thoughts is when our struggles is when our desires is when our emotions start to take center stage because we're not feeding the spirit we're going to become more accustomed to feeding the flesh we're going to be giving in to whatever the flesh desires and yes as you mentioned we stumble but i do believe that there's a difference between i'm stumbling in something but i'm still searching and i'm still seeking god and i'm still reading his word and i'm still choosing to live for him and 
It's about being obedient to God. Mm-hmm. In contrast to, yeah, I'm not in his word. I'm not living for him. You know, but see, I know that there's grace. So regardless, I still have his grace. So I think that there's a huge difference. But what is it? What is it that just causes us to abuse that grace? What is it? I feel like there's I think you kind of touched on this too like there's some type of detachment from who he is or like a lacking of reverence like you like he yeah like you said like as if though as though he was some stationary being that we just call on from time to time and like losing sight of the reality of who it is that he is and I feel like that's one thing that I even try to be conscious of and have prayed about as well, because I want to revere him, have that respect and recognize his authority and his power and all of who he is. He is loving. He is just. And and so much more and so it's just like I feel like oops I feel like when we get caught up and distracted and our focus is on life around us more than it's on him and like so focused on a job so focused on the family so focused on chores, so focused on health or problems or even the trial itself, that there becomes this disconnect because that's your focus on rather than having a constant fellowship with the Lord and growing closer to him and taking shelter in him and coming to truly know him. And... I believe the more that you know him and have that intimate relationship with him, the easier it may start to become to recognize how how powerful that grace is and how much you care to not want to abuse it, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I don't know, someone's really struggling. Someone's really struggling and they don't have food or they don't have money. And someone offers them, here's some food, here's some money. And it's like so grateful that you're just like, thank you so much. And you're so caught up with thanking them that you don't necessarily stop and be like, but I want more though. Why can't I have more? Mm. Give me more. Instead, you're just consumed with thank you. What what can I do for you to help you as you've helped me? Mm. And... And I feel like the closer we are to God and his word and his truth, the more that we're consumed with a gratitude for the grace 
rather than being like, but I want more because I want to do more. I want to do more of what I want and less of what you want. And so, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a slight disconnect, lack of intimacy. The word isn't piercing your heart because you're focused on everything else, that you're growing distant from him and the reality of his truth. And that's something that it's like I myself pray about because I don't want to fall into that without even realizing. And I don't want to get into such a habit of going before the Lord that I'm saying a mental script rather than speaking from a genuine place of love and longing for him and his will, you know? Right. There's, you know, I think of, okay, so we have some that abuse grace and then we have others that don't even understand it completely or don't mm -hmm. even understand it or even know it at all. And again, I think this can be common to a lot of people. It can, mm -hmm. it can be something as, you know, we, we beat on ourselves basically we get to a point where we're just like, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this right. I'm not, we, we start to fall into religiosity, basically, you know, the traditional religion type of lawmaking for ourselves. And I have to do this much, or I have to do that much, or, you know, just, I have to go this far and I have to say this much. And, and we just keep going in, in these directions, thinking that somehow we can, obtain that favor from God. So in other words, from the extremity of liberalism, we go to the extremity of religion. Mm -hmm. And one is the abuse of grace and the other one is completely disregarding it, not even knowing of it or anything. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that we can fall into those areas and not just living by faith and believing and knowing that grace comes from God as he deems to give it. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel for those people on that extreme of religion because for some of us out there, including myself, we come from a background of religion. And... We seem to think that we can work our way or we can buy our way to God. And that is a, a tough, a tough nut to crack, I'm going to say. Okay, it's a really tough thing to come out of. We do not understand grace. We don't. And even though I have said that I can fall into the um, the abusing grace type, I do believe that I can fall more into the camp of trying to earn that grace, buy that grace, obtain that grace. And it's because we don't understand that it's free and it's by faith and God just liberally gives it to you. So instead of just staying focused 
on that narrow path, seeking him, asking him for help to live by his word, and just taking those steps of faith for the righteous shall live by faith, right? So we walk in that faith, knowing that God provides that grace. Some tend to fall into that camp of, why would he give me grace? No, there's something that I have to do. There's something that I have to stick to. There's something that I have to, uh, I have to accomplish. I think, Nastasia, we can even label it as like, works that have to be done or else mm-hmm. or else I don't get that grace mm-hmm. like not give me grace unless I I complete this or I'm good this amount of times or I fulfill this mm-hmm. and the truth is is nah none of that mm-hmm. none of that earns it so we could be completely misleading ourselves and believing like because I did this because I did that and so this is why he's giving me grace or or this is how I believe that he's giving me, he's giving me grace. And because maybe I have this sense of peace, then that means that I've received grace. And so, okay, I did good. So I need to continue in this. And, and if I'm not feeling it, then I need to do more. Mm. And it's really, really unfortunate because I believe a lot of us as Christians, we're falling into either ends of those spectrums. Mm-hmm. we're not living in that middle ground, that balance of faith, of seeking after God. And that's where I believe a lot of these false doctrines are coming from. And all of these different ideas and beliefs and just theories are coming from it's, And I think it's all rooted back to not seeking after God with all of your heart. Like the Bible says, you you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Mm -hmm. We tend to put so many other things ahead of him. But yet he's still gracious (laughs) because he still tries to draw us back in. You know, we, we, I really, truly believe that we have lost our way in convincing ourselves that we can be in either camps and we're still okay. Why? Because it's still the thought of no matter what, our salvation is secure, we're good. Mind you, that's also God's grace right there. But I still think about when we have to go to heaven and there's still a judgment for us as Christians. It's not the great white throne judgment, but it's the Bema seat that we have to go to where we give an account to all that we've said and done, where all of our works get put through the fire And that's how we're judged. And it may feel or it may be a thought of who cares as long as I'm going to be in heaven, right? Yeah, but I don't think that we even consider 
just what that would look like. Like standing before the Lord. Everything being run before you of what you've done and what you've said. I don't think we weigh it. We don't measure it. We don't understand it. And honestly, it just falls right back to because we don't know God. We don't know God. We don't understand. We don't understand him. And we don't know him and we don't understand him. And that's why we can't live in that balanced place of grace because we don't seek after him. We've put him to the side. We've elevated everything else in our lives, including ourselves. We don't seek him in his word to know who he is. Our hearts are far from him. But yet, we just think it's okay that we just rest secured in the fact that, well, as long as I believe in him, then I have salvation and that's good enough. Is it though? I mean, do you fear God? Wouldn't you rather live in his grace, in his real grace? And live for him like I would I would really believe that if we're seeking after him and knowing him there's just this reverence there's just this reverence and you think all that he's done for you God sent his son in human form he was scourged and then he willfully went to the cross with those nails going into his hands and his feet and he died for us. He died for us. And for those that believe in him shall live for him. Not take advantage of that. Or not trying to earn or buy their way in. I... I... I'm like, I was like nodding so much. <laughs> like, I definitely feel that I'm someone who's been more susceptible to falling into that latter section of just like, it's almost as though I get the, I get it. Like, I finally, I'm like, okay, this grace he has given is a free gift. I can't earn it. And then I turn right around and say, but how can I keep it? Mm. And, and so it's like, all right, God, you've given me grace. I don't want to abuse it though. So let me do this. But then it's like, I go to such extremes and then until all of a sudden I'm looking back and recognizing that I'm right there trying to earn it again. Mm. And so there's so many times where it's like, if you've given us a way to, to not sin, why is it that? I've failed. Why is it that I do this? And yes, I can repent, but is that really enough? Because I feel like I still struggle. And then it's, 
and um and so I start to feel discouraged and then it starts like I can sense that wanting to come in like why even try then why even care then you're never going to make it anyway and it's like suddenly doubting his grace doubting the work he's doing in us doubting his power and I remember there was a time when I was starting to feel that way in during this time of this trial and I was like yeah your grace is sufficient but I don't know I feel like like I'm here saying I'm sorry for messing up but why couldn't I have just not messed up to begin with like how how can I come before you anymore and then the scripture that came to me was my flesh and my heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever and I felt that that was a comfort because it was like, yeah, I'm recognizing it as a failure. I'm, I want to repent of it. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And yet remembering, okay, but when you fail, then it's like, there's his grace. You didn't intentionally do it to spite him. Mm-hmm. But when you stumble, don't lay in that defeat and become unuseful and just, uh, whatever, I give up because I can never earn it anyway or I need to keep trying to earn it and completely negating. It's almost like the relational aspect of it. Like, it's almost like either side of the extremes is a focus on self instead of him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, then it's like, and it's funny because then it's like, when I think of that, then it's like, I start to feel guilty. Like, see, I'm just focusing on myself, even though I say I care about him. And it's like, whoa, there, (laughs) that in itself is like another can of worms. And, um, and so then it's like, that's when that like scripture that I read, like comforts me then even too, because then it's like, taking the focus off of yourself, taking the focus off of your failures and putting it back onto God. Who is the strength? Who is the portion? God. It's not of yourself. It's like, and I feel like the reason why I say I feel like it becomes more of a focus on self than on him is because when I'm focusing, am I doing enough? am I going to lose the grace? Am I going to lose favor? Am I, am like, and I just think so much about like on me and trying to buy my way into grace or buy my way into keeping it that I start to despair. But when I stop focusing on that side of things, when I stop focusing on self and instead focus on God, then all of a sudden it's like a rejoicing, like you are my strength. You are doing a work in me. Your grace is sufficient. You are my portion. You are all that I need. You give me away despite who I am. You have taken me and called me and are making me better. And then it becomes this rejoicing and this hope. And then this awe of you are so powerful because here I am trying and failing but there you are completely capable and and you make a way you've made a way and and so yeah it just really feels like who 
who who are you whose face are you seeking and how are you seeking it mm-hmm. and and yeah and i and i've thought of that too like you know hey if i'm not losing my salvation it's like maybe it's like maybe i don't need to go and proclaim the gospel too much or anything because that that might be hard to do and that might be kind of scary and who will even listen and and maybe I I can just go ahead and just do some some work like just in the this job make some money live a life you know be decent and then that's it and then I think about the day standing before Jesus why didn't you speak my word because I I put people above you because I didn't trust you because I was too scared and to stand before him and have to say, I didn't trust you. I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have faith or belief in you. Like to look at him and have to admit point blank, the motives of my heart of why I did and didn't do certain things. And to have to confess that it was apart from him that I did something like that breaks my heart. And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) And so it's almost like, is your motive for deeds because boasting, because you're trying to earn grace, which has been given to you freely? Or is it because of gratitude and awe and respect? Are you having deeds to try to earn to try to get faith, to try to earn grace? Or do you have your deeds because of the faith, because of the grace, you know? What is the motive behind it? Because I think that helps reveal what you're truly seeking after, who it is you're truly focusing on. And I don't know, it's like, I'm still, I'm still learning as well. And it is, it, and it's hard, it's, it's been hard <laughs> at times. I feel like it's easy to get swept up in like different ways of thinking, but it's then it goes back into, you know, take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Yeah, I would agree. It is. That's the thing is, is every day is a battle walking with the Lord. And as we continue to see what this world and how this world is developing. Um, God has, he, he clearly said in his word that there will be persecution for his saints, believers, followers of Jesus Christ will experience suffering for his namesake. So I really think it comes down to whether we're going to choose to live for him or we're going to choose to live for this world. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot with God. That's another common phrase I've heard. But there's a lot of truth to it. So when it comes to grace, There is no way, absolutely no way of earning it, of buying it, of obtaining it. 
And there's also many ways of abusing it. And yes, people may hear this and there may be just a lot of retorts to it um, within themselves. There may be, yeah, that's not me. Or no, God has shown me a lot of grace and he still continues to do so. Or God understands me. God knows my heart. That's one that I hear a lot, a lot, a lot is God knows my heart. God knows my heart. He sure does know your heart. And he sure knows where your heart is. If it's hard, if it's soft, if there's a lot of wounds in there, if there's a lot of darkness in there. He does. And that should actually stir up a little bit of fear in you. If not a lot of fear. That God knows your heart. So while us as other Christians, we're not supposed to judge others by their motives. But your actions say a lot. And we're able to call out the actions of another brother or sister in Christ. Because we can think that we're sitting in these two camps and no one's going to know. No one's going to know what we're doing. But God knows. And God is faithful. And he is gracious enough to bring people into your lives to bring those things to bring those things up. I can attest to that. I believe Nastasia can attest to that. I've been one that had to go bring stuff up. I've been one that's had stuff brought up to me. And we can easily say, wow, Lord, really? How to go that far? Yes, he did, because you're his precious child. And because of his grace is why he does that. He wants to keep his children on the straight and narrow path. He doesn't want to strain. He wants us to run this race to obtain that crown of glory. Who wouldn't want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, when I think of that, like, Lord, Lord, your grace, help me to not try to earn it. I think it's a battle every day. Every day is a battle, but we, we don't like to suffer. We don't like to battle. We don't like to have to, to go against the grain. It's just more comfortable to give in. It's more comfortable to be like everybody else. And this might sound morbid in a sense, but for some of us that have gone through depression or have gone through different um, seasons of darkness, sometimes it's comfortable in the darkness. Mm -hmm. 
but no, by God's grace and only his grace and his ability to give us faith to believe in who he is, is how we have become children of the most high God. Children of capital K King. The only God, capital G, that will die for us, was buried and was risen and is now seated at the right hand of God. By his grace is how we're able to believe in that. Believe in that truth. So because of that is why our lives should be completely devoted to him, given over to him, seeking after him, loving him, serving him. And hey, you want to be called a Jesus freak? Do it. (laughs) I'm proud to be called a Jesus freak. You want to be told you're obsessed with religion. No, I'm not obsessed with religion, but I'm obsessed with my Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for me, and now my life is given to him. Now my life is lived for him. Take him seriously. Exactly. And it's honestly by his grace that we are able to do all of this. But if, if you choose to neglect him, if you choose to put yourself before him, your desires, your plans, guess what? He's put on the back burner and you now created all these idols and different gods before you. God is no longer your first love in what he's always intended to be. Or if you choose to continuously run yourself rampant, trying to find ways to obtain that grace because you feel that you're not deserving of it. You're not, period. But it's a free gift. So only he can give it to you. And because you don't sense it, you don't feel it, you don't believe it, that you have to earn your way, you're going to run yourself rampant. You're going to run yourself ragged. You're going to make yourself sick, and yet you're still not going to believe that you have his grace. It's every go ahead. It's like it's amazing that you want to serve him, that you want to do more, that you want to be better. But I think that in knowing who he is, put your trust in his strength, in who it is you want to please. And seek him, seek his strength, pray that he would make you capable and that he, you know, he is the one doing that work because we make things so difficult for ourselves as well and keep the focus on ourselves and try to do the work ourselves that there's like, you know, either we make ourselves sick or we're stressed or we're just get so fed up that we just fall down and stay down but it's like seek him pray 
be in his word, ask him for his help, for his strength, because he's provided it. He's provided a way. Seek the one who it is you want to serve, knowing he's given the grace. You want to serve. You want to do more. Great. Pray to him to enable you to do that <laughs> in his way, by his means, with the proper motives out of a love for him and a respect for him and a desire for him. Grace is, uh, I just, I just really believe grace is not understood a lot of the times. It's just not. And the only way to come to an understanding, at least in, in, in the most minimalist of ways, is by being in his word, just by knowing who Christ is. And there, from there, as you continue in that, he can make all things known to you. All things. But honestly, we wouldn't be his children, we wouldn't be anything of him, we, were, we wouldn't be able to believe in him without his grace. So this has been a really, really delicate subject, I'm sure. And I'm sure it, there's probably a lot of thoughts, <laughs> a lot of commentaries to it. Um, maybe debates over it, arguments, and but grace is favor from God. Favor from God. Could you just imagine to know that you have God's favor? Wow, I, it just, <laughs> woo, sometimes I'm just like with my mind, I'm like, poof. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm blown away just blown away it's like when you think on it when you just think on it i am so not deserving of any of this any of it but god so lovingly so gently so faithfully gives me these things and no i'm not perfect no, I make mistakes. But because of his grace, I'm drawn to repent of that. I'm drawn to seek after him. I'm drawn to live my life for him. I'm drawn to serve him. I'm drawn to do whatever it takes to glorify him, that his name be known, that people know about this amazing gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Time is running out. <laughs> oh man. We I just we'll go ahead. <laughs> I just thought like like for him because of him, not for yourself. Because I feel like when it's after like I need to earn the grace, it's for yourself. I need it because I need to try to earn it or whatever, but instead of being focused on that, do it for him. Do it out of love for him. 
and because of him and the grace he's given you, you know, like as your motive. So we're pretty much going to be ending it soon, but I, I want Nastasia to give her little random facts because we like to do these little segments in our podcast. So Nastasia, be so kind. She's actually working on some jingles, so we'll see when all that actually comes to pass and <laughs> put it in here in our podcast. But yeah. So we really don't have anything, but... I could just tell you that we do have a lot of random facts about Mastasia, and so she's going to share some now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blink. Mind, please. Don't blink. Um, shoot. I feel like we were, like, talking about something, like, earlier, and it's, like, slipping my mind. Oh. oh yeah. I remembered it. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was younger, I, I liked recording and filming and all that and so it started off with having like a little phone an old style phone that could record voices and audio and everything so when I was younger I pretended that I was this radio talk show host of double double x live and uh and I would like interview my grandma and be and, like she'd pretend she was like some like famous movie star and I would just be like asking her questions and recording it and then I even had like this outro segment like Hit it, ladies. I don't want to sing it. It was embarrassing. But <laughs> Anyways, I just, like, had, like, this whole spiel I'd do. And Are you really that... not going to sing it? But, uh, <laughs> all right, so the intro is, like, welcome to Double Double X Live with your host, me. And then the outro would be, hit it, ladies. And they'd go, when you're sad and bored and you want some fun, Double Double X We'll cheer you up. Yeah. Mind you, it was just me, the phone, and every now and then I'd interview my grandma. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no one would listen to it. It was just for my own entertainment. But, yep. Oh, that's, a, that's a random fact. I, th I think it suffices. <laughs> You're like, I think I did random facts for, like, the next year. No more. <laughs> I know. Spare me, please. And so my little segment is question time with Amanda. I probably get tears. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you heard that. But yeah, so I just usually have questions to kind of help us self examine, to go to God with them, and let the Holy Spirit help you answer them. So I don't think I have that many, but let's just start. Number one Do you believe that you fall into one of those camps? Number two, do you believe that grace is necessary in your life? And number three, how do you believe grace given to you affects your ability? to serve others. Okay, that's it. Those are three questions. So, we appreciate those that listen in. We appreciate if you share this and you subscribe where you can. 
or if you want to leave comments where you can. We just greatly appreciate those mm -hmm. support of us. Sure, Masasia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, for a second I was like, did she say, did she say sure? Or true. And I was like, I think she said true. So then I like processed it and then answered. <laughs> so uh, we are going to close in prayer. And it's going to conclude our podcast. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come before you with everything of our being. With all our concerns, all our anxieties, our worries. Father, for we've come and we bring it to the throne of grace because you are so faithful, you are so gentle, you're loving, you're kind, you're patient, you're long-suffering. God, you're everything that we should esteem to be like. So Father, I don't know for who will be listening to this, but I do pray for each of those ears in those hearts on whether they're camping in one of those two extremities or they're walking that fine line of balance with you seeking after you trusting in that grace that unmerited favor that you give Lord, i pray that you continue to do a work in all of us as your children that you guide us that by your grace we are moved to live for you to serve you that our hearts are devoted to you that we seek to receive it not by our works, nor seek to hurt your heart by abusing it, but that we wholeheartedly give ourselves to you and surrender. Lord, I pray that if these questions are asked towards you, that you give them a truthful answer and you guide them into what they need to do to find that true balance in you and you alone. It is a battle every day, Lord. We have never deemed the Christian walk as something of gaining this or gaining that, or we can do this and we can do that and we're set, that we can save ourselves. No, it is a battle each and every day, but it's worth that battle as we seek you and we look to eternity as our greatest hope father you're worth everything we go through here and just as we mentioned that scripture that your grace is sufficient it is sufficient lord may we believe it may we live it and may we tell others just how wonderful it is we love you, Lord, and we thank you for everything that you do, that you have done, and you will do. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's in your son's most precious name, Jesus, that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you next time, or we'll hear, or you'll hear next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.